0: Yo, 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 it's your girl, Rose Gold, and you are tuned in for another episode of Heartbreak Hill Podcast. Listen, before we leave this year, I told you guys I was going to have greatness on the show. Well, listen, today we have an excellent, excellent, excellent brother here all the way from the UK hailing in and joining us on Heartbreak Hill Podcast today, Lyndon Cole. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, it's definitely a pleasure. Listen, I had the absolute pleasure of being able to tune in and actually get a feel for who you are through your podcast, the Icarus podcast. Can you tell me a little bit about how you guys started podcasting?
1: Um, so the Icarus Complex podcast uh, actually started off as a book or a screenplay. Uh, the idea was to... Um, well, it was i saw somebody reading a magazine on the train once about 10 things that 10 things that men want that don't say mm. um it was written by a woman so i was in my head i thought well who better to tell women what men want than a man so i thought well, let me try and write a book um and show the pitfalls of of dating mm. and relationships um and that took about seven years to write mm. um But yeah, the book didn't really turn out how I wanted it to. So obviously throughout lockdown, I decided to turn it into a podcast on audiobook. Mm -hmm. And here we are.
0: Wow. Wow. So it started off as what you intended to be a book, and then it turned into an audio drama, which is doing really well. People are definitely tuning in and listening. Your sound effects, I mean, listening to it, I actually feel like I'm in the setting, in the story. Superb editing, superb producing on it, just excellent. Um, I want to kind of pull in just a little bit in, in regards to kind of the background of, of, of the actual uh, the Icarus Complex podcast. Now in it, you are doing a lot of things telling a lot of different truths but one of the main things that I really appreciate is that you're talking about your journey through life and these relationships and how they have shaped you from a man's perspective um did that take some courage was there any part of you that felt um maybe reluctant or maybe wanted to resist opening up that much
1: uh, I would say yes to that question um reason being it's very difficult sometimes to separate Personal feelings from stuff in prints, or in obviously in this case, firewood, the genre. So, what I didn't want is to have anyone think that my opinion is such is the same as the central characters. Um, However, most most writing I understand comes from a place of truth, anyway, from inner truth. So, the idea for me was how do I, I can put it, It's, it's difficult, it's difficult to say because. There are some truthful elements behind it, but a lot of it is embellished. A lot of it is more of a try to show the audience that some men do go through some situations where emotion is something that they don't find it very easy to show. Mm-hmm. Um, but as an individual myself, I'm, I'm quite a unique individual anyway. I, I tend to speak my mind um, mm-hmm. through good or bad. Um, so I found that quite easy to do, but being on a receiving end, receiving that as an, as a, as an audience member might necessarily be... Something that someone um, relates to is easy because men are notorious for not showing their emotions in the right exactly. way. Exactly. So
0: exactly no that's that's a very very good point and that's why it, it was it's so interesting to listen to to hear your character's perspective because it's a perspective that we don't hear often like you said a lot of times when people are giving perspective on men whether it be psychologists whether it be women in the dating world it's always coming from a woman we don't really get to hear the men's side so really like that now um you grew up in the uk is that correct i did indeed Yep. Yeah. you did and what part of the uk are you from london London, okay. What was that experience So, how do you attribute growing up in the UK, in London and forming this character um, and still being able to tell the truth of the character around that experience?
1: So, um, obviously my parents are probably first or second generation. Um, They came from the Caribbean, so. What part of the
0: Caribbean? Come the Caribbean? Okay, big yeah, up to the
1: boy then. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> um, so, yeah, my upbringing is obviously different to theirs, um, but then what I would say is London's a bit more multicultural than it was when I was younger, but mm-hmm. I went to a school and an area that's predominantly white. So right. my experience is, is different to some of my friends who went to obviously schools in the areas that were necessarily not as doing well as other areas. So... I would say that I came I went through a, a few hardships myself growing up in terms of the school I went to um just because obviously I was one of maybe five in the whole school that obviously had come from a uh yeah a, a um as they, a, as they would say a colored background back then so um yeah it, it made things quite difficult and some of the stories within this particular podcast are true in terms of some of the things that the particular character faced in terms of growing up in a predominantly white area. Um, In answer to your question though, I would say that it's it's difficult because when obviously our parents growing up back then, all they wanted was the best for us and the system wasn't designed for us to excel. So maybe in some instances, obviously our parents were hard on us then they probably would be now because things are a bit easier but whilst navigating through that um, you still as a child and make sure that you're not left out that you're not seen as somebody who is a pariah or someone that's not as popular as everybody else but it makes it difficult for you when you're already the one that's singled out for being different color skin it makes your, it makes your life a little bit harder so um, I would say in that instance it has had some uh, some change of my life going forward but it depends on the individual and how you use that to advantage I guess
0: absolutely and I, and I love how you say that um, you know it depends on the individual and how do you how you use it to your advantage because there are some advantages in in, in that, those types of environment but you do have to find them and I want to ask you just listening to you and, and of course listening to your podcast how did you learn to love yourself in that type of environment Um, that was asked before. Um, I think a
1: lot of it is down to as men, I think we can because I've grown up with really some really bad traits. A lot of it is tends to be a matter of burying your head in the sand and trying just and just hoping that things kind of sort themselves out. Um, we're not taught at a young age to deal with our emotions properly, so unfortunately for me, I would say that. Much of my love in myself would have been doing more to make sure that I was center of attention, I guess.
0: Um, mm-hmm. so that I
1: wouldn't, so that I wouldn't sink into the background. Um, yeah, I would say, I would say, looking for attention is probably my 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 cry for, or my way of making sure that I was still still seen as a as an individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say that.
0: And and at what point in your journey do manhood, or if you if you're currently on that journey now? When did you begin to tap into your talent? Because you definitely are talent. Into your talent of doing things like writing and and doing drama and things like that. When did that shift? When did that attention-seeking shift into using your gifts to be noticed for who you are and the greatest in you?
1: Um, I would say when I went to university.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: again, I can only speak for myself, but I, can, I would imagine that boys are quite, they find it very hard to settle on one thing at a time. Um, sure. So obviously, I changed my course a number of times because I wasn't sure what course I actually wanted. Right. And when I when I realized that probably drama was my my go-to thing, was that I decided to to do drama as a course. Mm. Uh, but from then, from then, I did drama for a little bit. I did a bit of acting, but it didn't really it didn't really go in the way that I would have liked. So I think following that, I realized that although my calling, although my dream was the acting part of it, I'm more of a behind the scenes sort of person. I'm more of a sort of person mm-hmm. that can articulate myself through writing rather than through physical attributes. So um, it's only been, like I said, it's been the last seven years that I've realized that this particular bit of work is something that's quite personal to me. So I've sat down and got it finished. And then obviously here we are.
0: Yes, absolutely, and glad to be here for sure because, I, I mean, your, your podcast is incredible. I know I've said that a lot of times, but I've never really um, dived into audio drama, actually, and so it was just very interesting to hear and actually feel like I was there without looking at it, but listening, it was a good experience for me, but I want to kind of shift a little bit into um, kind of a specific episode that I really, really, really liked and related to. Um, it's called um, How Not to Move On. And just kind of, I don't want to spoil it for anybody that's listening, but it's a really great episode, all of them are great, but this is this one in particular, it's about as you um, leaving a breakup, you're, or not you, but your character, excuse me, leaving a breakup um, and university, going off to school in a different city, the characters experiencing these things, decides he's gonna get a break from girls, only to end up at a, at a, a predominantly girl or by a girl university and uh, that, that kind of thing. How not to how not to move on what inspired that particular episode and what are some things that you learned in your own personal life about how not to move on from a situation or relationship?
1: um it's a very good question though I would say I would say for me, moving on is about finding the time as you asked earlier about loving yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, what we tend to do is in relationships is that once it ends we've got such a reliance upon that person being as part of our life we tend to try and fill that gap mm. with somebody else rather than trying to find time for ourselves and realize that we don't have a reliance upon it that person in our life was good to have but it's it's better to fill that gap with our own needs and our own time rather than somebody else um, and I've been guilty of that for for years it's it's and I think men are—I think more, most of us are—tend to be, we tend to fill it with other things, whether it be drink, other mm-hmm. substances, um, work, um, other other relationships. And what it does, is it then tends to cause a, a pattern where mm-hmm. you find that you keep seeking that you keep seeking that that gap to fill, but it's not quite the same and ever again. Um, mm-hmm. So I would say what inspired me, this particular story is actually quite a true story. This one, this one is a true story, this one. This one was was uh, the actual character itself um, had gone through a breakup and I I just moved, I just moved City because I just didn't want to be in the same the same area as a particular person. And um, yeah, I did everything I possibly could to try and get over it, but it wasn't it wasn't the right, it wasn't the right thing to do. And then yeah. even and when I wanted to, even though I could see it was the wrong things to do, it still for a time it still numbed the pain if you can call mm-hmm. it
0: that yep. for a
1: bit. But yeah, um, all it did was it just caused more. <laughs> it just yes, caused
0: more absolutely.
1: Yeah, it's about it's about that need to numb that pain. But unfortunately, sometimes we're so scared about being by ourselves that we feel like we need other people to 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 fill that gap. And unfortunately, sometimes that isn't always the best step.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that that's, that's a very good point you make. We're never really taught how to get over things. You know, we just kind of have to go through them. And that, that's a really good point. I want to ask you, because um, something you said really earlier kind of stuck to me. You talked about how your parents were first or G, uh, second generation from the Caribbean, from Jamaica specifically. Um, and then you grew up in London. Um, what and, and then going to, to school in a predominantly white area. Um, what are some of the relationship patterns in either setting, school, home, whatever, or even just in culture in general, what are some of the relationship patterns that you've seen for Black men growing up? Um,
1: I would say the patterns, in particular, my mom. I love my mom. To, I love my mom to be, obviously, both my parents. Um, my mom definitely was more the one that drilled into me that you need to be independent. Mm-hmm. Um, can't rely on other people because. There will be a time where you will be by yourself and how do you how do you cope with those times um being able to cook clean for yourself um knowing the law knowing how to basically read a contract knowing just knowing the basics to go through life because unfortunately as, we, as we all get old there'll be times where your parents aren't there to be able to, to be able to guide you and advise you how then do you get through those things so mm-hmm. i guess my mom is probably the person that instilled into me that need for independence um as much as possible um But then I can also say, I wouldn't necessarily say for my family as such, but I have seen for other people, it's very difficult sometimes to see some Caribbean uh, families, the relationships between parents, whether it's a one-parent household or two-parent household, sometimes that share of love between the parents and the children isn't always as reciprocal sometimes as some of them would like. So they tend to look for it elsewhere. now, that, conce- that concussing was a stereotype, but it's just some of the experiences that mm-hmm. I've seen for myself personally.
0: Period.
1: Um, and, yeah, what it tends to what it tends to mean is because you've got a Caribbean household who want to bring up their child one way, but a child mm-hmm. may see that their friends are being brought up another way, you then find a clash between those two cultures there.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. Um, and I would say for me that there were, there were times like that there were clashes because obviously I was again in predominantly white area the, the, the way of bringing up their, those children was completely different to how I was being brought up. Um, I didn't have a mobile phone. Till I was about 17 years old so th- things like that they were just difference between we were doing things so but I kind of I would say I kind of rebelled a little bit I kind of pushed back mm. um, which obviously then caused my need to do things that my parents saw I wasn't ready for yet. Right. Getting involved with girls, etc. Um, so yeah, sometimes patience is a is a virtue, as they say. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Upbringing, upbringing is definitely definitely key. Um, yeah, I'll go for that for now.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I, I I definitely can admire, you know, you being able to take the wisdom and, and just kind of looking back and seeing that there were things that there were definitely differences, but there wasn't a good or bad, just differences. Right. And I think that that can be important um, just to recognize um, kind of going back into uh, you now and, and kind of what you are doing with the podcast of uh, Icarus Complex podcast as you're continuing to develop that do you see this uh series as becoming something that you eventually do put back on paper or kind of what of your what are your um I guess goals with the show uh great question that
1: so I like I didn't I didn't expect this to even be as close as well as just doing at the moment. So I'm just Mm humbled enough to 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 be here doing this. It's obviously something again that's quite personal to me. So um just having the the feedback that I've had, good or good, bad or indifferent, it's it's been a it's been an eye opener for me. So um but then I would say my next steps are I would love to see this something possibly in a in a short series like a mini series. Mm -hmm. Maybe something on YouTube or um, like a drama series on the BBC perhaps um, I mean that might seem like a tall order but I can I can already see the different episodes as such in my head of how things would pan out because it does fall a very episodic um, sort of structure so mm-hmm. back into print um, I don't know I don't know yet given it's already in, in an audio form I don't know whether anybody would want to read it and they want it out but right. the option is the option is available um, but yeah I've i thought it would be better in print to begin with but i've actually now found it's better in audio so right who, who knows who knows
0: yeah ideally,
1: ideally definitely some sort of like a, sh- a show or a sort of scripts
0: right absolutely that would be a bomb definitely a bomb show because just even i mean just to have a visual with that absolutely so i'm I'm rooting for that fingers crossed praying for that <laughs> but I mean, um just want to as, as we wrap up here just want to kind of pick your brain for a second um there are, well, obviously, as we talked about, there were some um, reluctancies, just expressing your your, your feelings just as general as a male, um, as a Black male as well, and kind of the stereotypes around that and not being able to express. What would be your advice for somebody who has a a dream or that has a talent that they want to explore to the world, but maybe they're afraid or maybe they're hesitant, maybe they don't want to get personal. How would they overcome that? What is your advice on that?
1: Um, just do it is basically the public side so it's I know it's something that I can easily say to myself because I've come from a performing background. So I've kind of got over that, that anxiety need of, of, of doing things. But I would say if you've got that desire at the very least, just attempt it. Um, attempt it, even if you're doing it just for yourself just yeah, just, just attempt it first and then see what happens after that or find people that are close to you that you trust um, and mm-hmm. showcase it to them um, people that will give you honest opinions, what you don't necessarily want to do is find somebody who will just say yes because obviously that that kind of takes away the the how good your, your work actually is but find people that you trust that will be honest with you um, there are plenty of means of ways of finding stuff online as well. There's workshops that you can look into. Um, I would recommend anybody who has a need to do that, to join a workshop, workshops are things that weren't necessarily available when I was younger. Um, but there's so many workshops out there now where you're able to showcase your talent, um, and have people that are actually in the industry look at it and give you feedback. Um, yeah. And... Be, be confident I know it's I know it's difficult I know it's difficult in this day and age and it sounds very easy to say that but it's with practice as they always say comes comes perfect yeah, with practice things become perfect and I think that if you really want it then said there are there always means that they've been able to achieve what you need so um, or if there's anybody who wants to reach out to me they can happily do that and i give them advice I'm happy to do that with anybody it's it's there are means, there are means out there. Yeah, there are means out there.
0: Absolutely. I appreciate that. And just to kind of follow up what you said, let my heartbreakers know if they want to hear or see more of you. Where, do they, where can they go? Uh,
1: so the podcast itself is actually on all platforms at like Spotify, uh, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts. Um, we're also over on Instagram uh, at the Icarus Complex podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, the Linktree bio is on there as well. And
0: yeah, that's it. Perfect. Heartbreakers, don't you worry. I'm going to have the link on how to get in contact with Mr. Linden Cole in the descriptions for today's episodes. Listen, you could have been anywhere in the world, but you decided to be here with us here at Heartbreak Hill Podcast. Hailing all the way from the UK, we appreciate you being on the show. The Icarus Complex podcast available on all platforms. Do not forget to listen. Hey, listen, Heartbreakers, if you like what you are hearing, follow us on instagram facebook at heartbreakhillpodcast.com while you're at it go ahead and shoot us an email hbhp at heartbreakhillpodcast.com yours truly rose gold Lyndon cole it was wonderful having you thank you so much for being here thank you for
1: having me appreciate it (laughs) much
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to Heartbreak Hill Podcast. Our mission here is to use multimedia channels to break generational curses in our thought process. Our motto here is breaking hearts, blowing minds, one conversation at a time. Please note that our entire production is brought forth by listeners and viewers just like you. Thank you. If you'd like to support the show, please visit our website at heartbreakhillpodcast.com.